Welcome into episode 32 of the Gala Young Men podcast. Today we have a very interesting episode, an episode we've been kind of excited to film for a while. We're talking Andrew Tate. Um, if you do, if you're watching this and you do not know who Andrew Tate is, I would be shocked. I would be yeah. very surprised. He, what was he, the most Googled man on, on, in the world in June or something like that? Let me know the rock you've been hiding under if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I mentioned, I did talk to somebody the other day who had never heard of him, which was surprising. Wow. But um, no, So Andrew Tate, um, Joe, you actually might know a little bit more about kind of his backstory than I do. I just know right now he is a very well-known, I don't even know if you can call him an influencer, but he, he's yeah. one of these guys, he's a masculinity guru is yeah. what a lot of people refer to him as. He is... All over YouTube, he's all over. I'm not on TikTok, but from what I know, he's all over TikTok. He's he's this guy who talks about being a guy, and yeah. he's a lot of people are going to him uh, in their quest to, to find masculinity, I guess. And so we felt as the Godly Young Men podcast, it's probably about time we do an episode on his take on masculinity, which gets a lot of bad press from certain people and gets a lot of good press from certain people. And so. Um, where do we fall? That's what we're going to discuss with this episode. Where do we fall on Andrew Tate? We're going to talk about his 10 rules for life. Um, he's got a video. It's actually his pinned tweet on Twitter that are his 10 rules for life. I'm not going to necessarily tell you to encourage you to go watch it just because he does cuss quite a bit in the in the, in the video. Um, but this is what we're going to use as the basis because, again, a lot of young men, a lot of men are going to Andrew Tate to figure out how to be masculine, to figure out how to be a guy. And so we feel like we need to address that. Honestly, it was a good synopsis. The video we're going to cover, the the 10, 10 rules of life is is what it is. Yep. Um, I thought it did a really good job of showing a lot of his stuff. I've watched a lot of Andrew Tate. Um, I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, there's hours and hours worth of interviews and podcasts and everything that he's done. Um, but he is fascinating, polarizing. He, he's every every adjective you could think of pretty much. The guy's kind of a jerk, but he's also he's he's intriguing. There's a lot of things like that. And so... From his background, obviously he um, he was a kickboxing kickboxing champion, champion in yep. Britain. Um, then he started running. I think he would date these girls or or sleep with these girls, and then get them to basically go into business with him from a sex point of view, mm-hmm. and um, made a ton of money that way. And so he's his not net an worth is like three hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, now, he think, is. Yeah. Not an upstanding individual uh, from a moral perspective, but then he recently converted to Islam, and I guess he is trying to do some things more moral. But then he was arrested in Romania. Again, he's just so polarized. There's a lot There's of stuff. so much yeah. about this guy. The left you, hates him. The left hates him, but some people on the right hate him. Yeah. Exactly. So he recently did an interview on uh, Tucker Carlson, and there's a lot of people on the right coming out like disavowing everything. And this the guy's interview horrible. with Candace Owens. And, That's right. Yeah, like a lot of prominent Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens are pretty prominent oh, people yeah. on the right, and they they got blasted for interviewing yeah, the guy. for even having on. So yes, he's a he's all into masculinity, and we think he gets some things right. We're gonna come right off the bat. Yeah. We're gonna look at the good and the bad because we know you've heard of him. We. Again, I if you're, heard we, uh, we're assuming, yes, if you're a godly young man, if you're a young man and you're on any social media, my guess is you've seen him. Yeah. Specifically TikTok. I think he owns TikTok. Uh, I mean, he's everywhere on that. But we want to look at some of the good ideas that he has. We want to look at some of the negatives as well. Um, but we want to start right off the bat. Your parents may be listening to this going, how dare they? Like, we should disavow everything. There's a reason he's a big deal. Yeah. There's a reason why... I don't know why everybody turns to him, and it's because he's saying things that we all kind of either know to be true or we want it to be true or or we want that internally for us, and he's saying it, and so it's like, wow, that's really, really good, and I want that. I think it's it's irresponsible and it's kind of foolish to think that you either have to accept everything from somebody or nothing from somebody. Right. That's a very... 
I guess, kind of immature way to look right. at the world. I mean, obviously, like we've talked about with books before. Like there are books, spiritual books, that are maybe written by Calvinists that it's like, yeah, I don't agree with everything, but that book has got some really good Absolutely. points. For us to just say, nope, that book is worthless, or C.S. Lewis isn't a Christian, wasn't a New Testament Christian, so we shouldn't read his books, to me that's kind of foolish. So Andrew Tate, along, along those same lines, we're, we're going to go through these ten rules, his ten rules for life. Eight of them, nine of them are like, yeah, I don't, I don't really find much to disagree with right. in them, which is interesting. What we're going to get to at the end is that his basis or his foundation, his, his backing premise for all of these is just way off. Right. It's totally it's off. And that's what we want to hit at the end. But we're going to, we're going to go through these 10 rules and then talk about why, why they're off in the end, yeah. uh, at the end of the episode here. So let's go, let's just go through them. Let's start with yeah. uh, number 10. He talks about embrace suffering. His whole idea is, as a guy, you can do anything you want. You can basically build your own character in life like a video game because you're a guy. Yep. Because if you work hard enough, if, you, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you embrace suffering enough, look, you, you can be anything you want to be, essentially. <laughs> one for one so far. Like I agree with that. I do. Yeah. I, I agree with it as well. I think we use a lot of excuses as to why yeah. it didn't work out for us. He has cocooned himself a little bit because if, if a guy really does work hard and it doesn't work out and he kind of gets you know, he gets cheated or whatever it may be. Like Bad luck. That does happen mm-hmm. from time to time. And he can just say, well, I guess you weren't working hard enough. At the same time, how many times has that happened versus the time where the guy's like, well, I did my best, but it was it really your best? I right. mean, were you really putting full effort into it? And the idea of embracing suffering, life is suffering. Yeah. Life, you will suffer in life. That is a that is a given. The question is, what will you do with that suffering? Will you let that suffering define you, or will you use that suffering as motivation to do something better? Well, and the key word is embrace suffering. How many guys, how many young men are, are going through life, trying to live life with as little suffering as possible? Right. Like, they're seeking comfort. They're wanting to embrace comfort exactly. and luxury rather than suffering. And, and his whole point, once again, is like, look, if you want to be anything you want to be, if you want to to be able to, and of course, this is where the flawed premise comes in, the, the girls, the money, all the things, yeah. the, the high-powered career, he says, you just got to be ready to suffer and be, and be willing to suffer. And again, I think that premise is correct. Like we got a lot of young guys who they would rather do anything but. They'd rather yeah. just be comfortable. If they're seeking, if you're seeking like the path of least resistance, yeah, you're basically going nowhere. Like, I hate to say it, you're going nowhere in life. If you look at the college degree you chose, and it's what everybody else is doing because it's safe, and there's there's a lot of jobs in this area, and you'll make your $60,000, $70,000 a year, and, you know, okay, it's safe. Nobody achieves greatness, in my opinion, by playing by it playing safe. safe sure, you have yeah. to take risks, and when you take risks, you will suffer. So embrace the idea of suffering. Yeah, let's I, get into let's get into number yeah. nine because um, there's ten of these. We're going to have to roll through them pretty quick. So... He just calls it stupid, arrogant, and lazy. And his whole point is the only reason people aren't rich is because they're either stupid, arrogant, or lazy. And I'll go through those real quick, and then Joe, I'll let you comment, and then we can move on. Because this one is one that I think the I don't necessarily agree with simply because I don't think being rich should be the primary goal right. for, young, for young men. Like, we're not going to be on the Gala Young Men podcast telling you guys, yeah, your number one goal should be to become right. rich. Not That's pretty much what Andrew Tate thinks, yeah. uh, is that you should work hard to become rich and basically show off your wealth to everybody. We because don't subscribe power to that. and influence. Yeah. Right. We don't subscribe to that. We don't believe in that. But it, it is an interesting point that he says, look, people aren't rich and they're not wealthy because they're either too dumb to figure out how to generate wealth. And he talks about how that's actually a pretty small percentage. Like yep. most people, I mean, there's a lot of dumb people with money. But then he talks about a lot of people are arrogant. Like they think they know it all. And you see this a lot of times with young guys. Like, oh, yeah. oh they, they think they can YouTube it or they think like, well, I, I, know mo- I know enough about a subject. And he's like, 
most people, if they would just humble themselves and not be arrogant and think they know everything, they would get wealthy. They would find yeah. ways to be wealthy. And then the lazy one, obviously, we kind of already talked about, they just don't want to work hard. And so this one, again, I don't necessarily disagree with this point. I just think godly young men striving above all else to be rich is not great. Right, right. I, again, I think he looks at richness. Uh, he looks at having wealth as power, having yeah. wealth as like you have status. And that's the point in life is to be somebody who is Specifically for a man. Have, right, and to have status. I don't know that I disagree with the idea that it's good to have status. It's good to be somebody that men look to and say, man, that's a great man. Like everybody wants to be that. That's right. the competitive aspect here. And we're going to get into more of that in, in another uh, coming up in the rules of life. There's not much that I have to add. I think you're absolutely right, though, in the fact that, man, if you make money the end goal, you're going to be pretty disappointed. We're also going to come to that a little more toward the end. Well, and we're going to do an episode here in a few weeks about wealth and about right. how should godly young men view wealth and then also taking financial responsibility. But I don't think he's wrong in the fact that it is easier to make money today than it ever has been in the history of the world. There are so many side hustles. There are so many ways. And some people may say, well, you know, that's with the job economy and everything. Look, if you wanted to go DoorDash, you can make money. If you want to go mow lawns, you can make money. If you want to type up certain things online, if you want to take one-hour surveys online, there are ways to make money. Yeah. Um, and there are ways to hustle and, and grind. And to me, this, I think he's right. Stupid, stupid arrogant. saying, don't be too stupid. Don't be too arrogant. Don't be too lazy. That may be it. mean. Yeah. I think it's... Fairly accurate. Right. Number eight, speed is the key. He says speed is the key. And he tells a story about uh, a guy that he knows that's making music and uh, album's almost out, man. Album's almost out. It's really good. We're working on some good music. So cool, man. Good for you. Six months later. Boy, that album's getting close. Dude, it's six months. Well, you know, mixing takes a long time. And so <laughs> it was an interesting story. And so just to prove the point, he takes two hours, writes a song. He's not a musician, but writes a song, puts it makes out it and... three hours for the music video, five hours total, puts it out. And because he's Andrew Tate, got millions, millions of views. Of views yeah. <laughs> but the point is, hey, sometimes like waiting for everything to be perfect, sometimes you just need to be speedy about it. Sometimes yeah. you need to just get out there, take the initiative and not overthink everything to death. At least that's what I got from yeah, it. Yeah, and I agree. Urgency would be the word. I don't yeah. think he ever used that word, but that's what I think. Yeah, it's like, great, there, there's great an word. urgency to it where you're not just sitting around, like you said, waiting for everything to kind of fall into place or just waiting for things to just kind of go your way or have No, just make it happen. Like yeah. just, just get up and do it. And you know, I don't necessarily have a lot of thoughts on this one about whether I'm, I'm sure that's probably right in most industries. Like, the faster you do things, the more the quicker you do things, and the, the more uh, apt you are to jump right. and, and take initiative and do things is probably uh, going to work out better for you. Um, but again, like his premise that we'll get to at the end is just it's all about riches. It's all about work or not work. Yeah, it is all about work. It's work all about like wealth, yeah. career and status and things. Um, so that actually kind of leads us into number seven, which is his, his seventh rule is to be competitive. We're both competitive guys. Like, yeah. they're, they're, he pretty well hits. Cool. The, yep. He pretty well hits this nail on the head because he talks about how the fa the fact that men have been competing since the beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, they compete with their with their wealth. They compete with their status. They compete with their job. And again, we have to walk a very fine line here because you don't want to walk into a room and immediately start comparing yourself to everybody and be right. like, "Am I wealthier than them? And I'm, am I better looking than them? Am I do I have a better job than them?" That's not the way of Christ. That's not what Christ did right. at all. And so we can't be that way. At the same time. Competition is important. Competition is important for a young man in their in their stri in striving for greatness and striving yeah. to be a better guy. I don't think it is necessarily wrong to to in order to, to be like I want to work harder than that person. Yeah, I, I I'd like to have a better job. I'd like to you know fill in the blank. Like competition is is a part. God wired that into so many guys. I would say ninety nine percent of guys he wired competition into us, and I think he did it for a reason. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's a negative. It can be as you you referenced. 
it can be about insecurity of do I measure up and it do can I be have about money? pride and it yeah. can be about pride and arrogance, which in my opinion is the same as insecurity. I mean, it comes from the same place. But yes, we're and I think this is where he's at is it's so prideful. There's so much arrogance to what he's saying of like, well, I know that I walk in the room and I'm the richest man there. So what? Right. But at the same time, that competitive streak is what causes men to conquer, is what causes men to build pyramids and build skyscrapers and to do bigger and better and, and everything else. And some people may look at that and go, well, that's materialism. That's all this bad stuff. That's that's um, capitalism. First off, I'm a big fan of capitalism. Second off, I think com- being competitive is what helps us get further in life. And there's, like you said, there's a reason God put it in us. It's part of taking dominion. Yes. Like... When he gives the dominion mandate in Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the Bible, the idea is go out and conquer. Go out and take dominion. Rule is the term he uses. Like we're intended to rule our domain, which is to rule all of life. Like man is the pinnacle. And so how do you rule all of life if you don't feel you measure up or if you're not competitive and you're not trying to gain the advantage over other things? Not in a wrong way, but you want to be at the best you want to be the best you can be this is why you work unto the lord this is why you you pursue greatness in every way and that's coming from a competitive spirit to rule what's well, the whole idea if you're competitive and you work hard in your field and your job and your position you're probably going to work hard in your faith too yeah. like we, we got to be very careful about the works based salvation thing we don't earn our salvation we get that but at the same time being a christian requires work like effort it requires doing things it requires actually striving to be more christ-like and if you don't have the discipline to to do that in your job or in your sports or we've talked about this before if you don't have your if you don't have discipline to do it in those areas you're probably not going to do it in being a christian either in, right. in doing good works and in, in being more christ-like you're just going to say you know participation trophy i show up i get it andrew tate does not believe in that clearly and that's something again his premise might be wrong. I agree with this. Like competition is important. I think for guys, this is one of those. That, this is why he's like he's important and why he is so big in today's age. Yeah, we're sick of the participation trophies. Everybody realizes that doesn't feel good. Nobody feels good about themselves. He comes along and says, "You need to be competitive and you need to strive for what you want in life." And it's like, cool. It's because it hits where what we are hardwired to as a guy and what like, the culture's lacking. Correct. Yeah. He's saying things that no one else is willing to say. The sad thing we can get to this again. I know I'm jumping Go ahead. Go for it. But yeah. Truly, the sad thing to me is that we have to have a, in my opinion, hedonistic, though he claims he's not, but a, a hedonistic, secular Muslim guy, uh, you know, a follower of Islam to tell us these things when this is, a lot of these are Christian things that he's saying. A lot right. of this is what Christians should be pushing from the pulpit of get out there and work hard, be competitive, work to the, you know, work to your advantage and to your family's advantage and be the best that you can be like, cool. Um, let's, let's go to number six. We'll keep moving. Number six is no drugs, no vape, which I gotta be honest. I was a little shocked to hear that, that he doesn't, he's never tried cocaine. He has never smoked weed. And his point is like, I didn't, he was doing kickboxing. Of course he had to, um, do this drug testing. And so now he's 35. What's the point of starting any of this at 35? He does do tobacco. He does drink some alcohol, but I thought he was like, honestly, I thought he did a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't believe in anything that can take power over him. And I think that's like, he, he in, in this video, he goes on for like a minute and a half spiel about why vaping is, is stupid. And we've had an episode about vaping before. And it's like, why would, and, and to agree with him, why would you as a specifically godly young man want to ingest that stuff? Why would you want to give power to right. something like that where it's probably going to addict you? It's probably going to do, th- it's probably going to make you do things you don't want to do. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree with this one. No drugs, no vape. Like, we're not going to come up there and say, no, Andrew Tate, that's that's kind of a bad one. You know, that's you, ridiculous. You, you missed yeah. the mark there. And like, no, that one's, that one's correct. Yeah, yet again, uh, I think he's speaking common sense. And here's what's great about this. Because he is a he is a G, as he calls himself, 
because he's cool. A lot of people. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. I don't know if it's. It used to be gangster. He says he's the top G. Yeah. Yeah, is is gangster. Um, I hope he doesn't mean God. I don't know, but yeah, his <laughs> he probably does mean that. He but. probably does. But what I think is cool about this messaging is he does work hard. He does do all this stuff. But I really did think he was kind of more into the party scene, and he's not. And so I think it's good for young kids to see you can work hard and you can achieve greatly in life. Though again, I'm not I'm not backing everything he does, but you can achieve those things without having without to go the drug route, without like, having yeah. to be an idiot, without having to engage in all the stupid things that the, that the culture tells you to, like right. vaping. I think that's important. Give yeah. us number five. Number five, and we wholeheartedly subscribe to this one. He says, find a mentor. Yeah. I, th- I don't think we've done an episode on mentorship before. We'll add it to the list. We definitely need to do one. But his whole point is like, if you want to learn how to be really good at cooking or baking, who should you go find? Somebody who's really good at cooking or baking. Right. Like, duh. And of course, he then goes into, if you want to find out how to make money and make a lot of money, go sit at the feet of people who can make money or who know how to make money and do it really well. And we agree with that. Like find, we as young men often think we know it all. Yeah. Like the, the that's kind of a teenage trope, right? Oh, we, we know best and we know it all. We got the internet, we got YouTube, whatever. His whole point is find people who are already good at something and go learn from them. And I think that definitely applies to everything for you as a godly young man spiritually. You oh, see, yeah. If you want to be a really good dad, go sit at the, uh, you know, if, if unfortunately if your dad is not somebody who you can look up to, find somebody who is a really good dad and say, what did you do? Teach me. Yeah. I want to know. If you want to, to be a really good preacher, go sit at the feet of somebody who's a really good preacher. If you want to be good at plumbing, go sit at the feet of somebody who's really good at plumbing. Like all of these things Find people who are already good at those yep. things and learn from them. It should be basic common sense, but so many young guys are not doing this. It takes humility. Yes. I, I, first off, it takes humility and takes self-awareness to know, I'm not good at this and I need help. Yeah. And if you have those two things with job and go hand in hand, humility and self-awareness, I think this one is very easy because you will be willing to walk into the room and go, I, I truly don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me? Yeah. Um, but a lot of young kids want to pretend, this goes back to number nine, the stupid, arrogant, and lazy, they want to pretend they have it all together. Yeah. And that arrogance is what kills us. And so finding a mentor really is about recognizing you don't know it all, and somebody has done this ahead of you that's really good. Maybe I should go learn from them. Why do the greatest athletes in the world still listen to their coaches? Why do they still have personal trainers? Mm. Why do they still have people that they go to to, to ask questions about things? You think Patrick Mahomes really needs somebody who who is better at quarterback right. than like he's the best quarterback in the world, right? And yet he still has a personal trainer. He still has got people. Yep. He goes, he's still got a coach that he respects and listens to. You see that the greatest athletes in the world, yeah, they're they're probably a little arrogant. They're they're confident, but they know they got to where they are, and they if they want to go even further, they need to find somebody who can instill it That's in right. them. Who they can need mentor others. Them. They need yep. others exactly. And so we would definitely recommend that one as far as if you don't have a mentor in any area, find one. We'll do an episode on that for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think so. Get in number four because this is this is something you've talked about quite a bit. Yes, number four, outwork everyone. Um, outwork everyone. Man, I don't know. I think that's fascinating. I think you and I were talking a little bit off air about this of that's not always feasible, um, especially when you have other obligations, Christian obligations, family obligations, things like that. Overall, I think this is a really good premise because we have too many guys that look around and they just think like everyone else. But I'll tell you They the want to do the bare minimum is how Correct. I read that. They just want to do the absolute, I got to work 40 hours, I work 40 hours, I'm done. Right. So they kind of use the lowest common denominator. They'll look at the guy and be like, well, at least I'm, be- you know, I'm better than him. Right. Instead of, I could be great, they, they don't look at outworking everyone, they work at outlook or outworking the you know lowest man on the totem pole yeah well that's not really what we're supposed to do as godly young men we're supposed to strive for greatness right and everything yep. that we're doing so the idea of outworking everyone i think 
once again, I don't disagree with him on the premise of you should be the hardest working guy at your job. Now, there's the flip side of this, which I guess you can kind well, of Well, yeah, because he talks, Tay in the video talks about how he works 18 hours a day, which is, you know, he might be lying, but he does seem to be a pretty intense guy about oh, yeah. how he wakes up, he gets on his phone and starts working, and then throughout the day, you know, 18 hours, shuts his phone off, goes to bed, and then he wakes up, starts yep. it all over again. And his whole point is, like, there's other guys that would rather relax and kind of chill and do their own thing. It's like, no, I'm going to work, I'm going to be better than you, and I'm going to make more money than you because I'm going to work harder than you. Again, his whole premise is in wealth, but his point is, he want, he's going to be the hardest working guy, and that's why he's always going to come out on top. Right. I, I I agree with Joe in the sense that I think having this mindset in your career and in your position, even maybe in your congregation, and I'm I just I want to work really hard. I want to I don't want anybody to look at me and think that's a lazy guy. Right. If you do have, if you have that mindset of I don't ever want to be accused of lazy, you're probably going down the right track. However, in the society that we live in, I think there are always going to be people that are working harder than you. Yeah. Because they don't have God, they don't have Christ, they, right. don't, they don't devote. You see the the really successful guys, you know, that are you know Wall Street or whatever, they lose their family because they're working so hard. No, yeah, exactly. And I think the the emphasis that we in this podcast have made or have placed on raising your family, treating your wife well, raising your kids, being a godly husband, godly dad, you're not gonna have time to outwork everybody. You're just not. That's exactly it. This is the downfall of this one: is 18 hours a day. Where's your wife and kids? Yeah. Where Where's your family? Where's the Even legacy? Twelve hours a day, like right, exactly. Like you can work that hard, and wow, you know, I'm working hard on the guys at the office. To what end? Because there are people that wow, I have way more wealth than you. Yeah, but I have a family, and I'm happy. And we know that just because you have money doesn't. There's lots of billionaires who have killed themselves. Just because you have money, and just because you have status and wealth and and everything else, like he has in the Bugattis doesn't bring about happiness. And so the idea about working everyone, I wish people had more of this in them because once again, Correct, yeah. don't measure yourself against the lowest common denominator. At the same time, yeah, you can take this so far where it's like, what's the point of work? Work has become your idol. It's become your God. I want you point. to bring in Ecclesiastes here because we could bring it in at the end or yeah. really in any of these, but you brought this up before we started recording and it's perfect in the sense that Andrew Tate really needs Ecclesiastes yeah. because his whole point, seemingly to his life, is work, 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 work. He, he talks about how he doesn't really want to date anybody because he'd rather work. He doesn't really want to do anything else because he'd rather work. And it's like, yeah, that's I, I don't want to say that's better than me. Like We have way too many super lazy people, but that's still, you swing the pendulum too far, yeah. and that's still not right. Yeah, because look at Ecclesiastes. You have Solomon, the richest man, the wisest man to ever live. He calls himself the smartest man on earth. Uh, he does. Tate. <laughs> okay, guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, what a G yeah uh, he's and, and as he's got it how does he do it it's like this I, I think no with idea. his hands yeah. <laughs> I have no idea there, in so many ways he's a loser let me just say <laughs> that like he's he has some great points as we're discussing and in so many ways like dude you're a loser but you look at Solomon Solomon had it all Solomon was the original Andrew that's exactly the original G yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's because he's got the women, he's got the wealth, he's got the vineyards, he's got all this, like, and he's got a ton of work. Yeah, he's got I've everything worked. you could ever want on the earth. Everything yeah. you could ever want, and way more than Andrew Tate could ever dream of having. And what does he come to? All is vanity, man. It's I, all pointless. It's yeah. all pointless. Like, all is vanity. And it's such a dismal, downer book until you get to the end and he says, and, and a few times throughout, he says, eat, drink, and be merry, and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And the idea is, celebrate when you've worked harder, right? That's yeah. okay. He doesn't seem to understand that. This is the outwork everyone. Sometimes it's good to just relax and to appreciate what you've gained. The eat, drink, and be merry, which Solomon says a few times. But the last, which I guess we should save toward the end, we're going to come back around to this, but is fear God and keeps commandments. And Andrew Tate needs to read it because this outwork everyone 
It doesn't you know, get it you help. to fear in God and keep it. Exactly. Yeah. It falls right into what Solomon tried to do. He tried to find meaning in working hard, and he realized that's vanity too because it's all going to go away. I can accumulate right. ridiculous amounts of wealth. Where's it going to be when I die? Well, okay, maybe it goes to your kids, and they'll fritter it away down the generations, which they did. I mean, you look at Solomon, and, and the kingdom divides with his kids. Like, it's just horrible. Outwork everyone sounds really good. There are really good points to this. Overall, I think it's lacking. It misses heart. the mark. It misses. It the misses mark. the mark. Misses. Get us in number three. Number three. I, I. This is something that I, I. We've harped on this in this podcast before. I think every young guy needs to understand this. He says, "Stop making excuses." This is number three. Stop making excuses about why you're not X, Y, and Z. Why your grades aren't good. Why you don't have, you know, the job that you want. Like why why you're you don't didn't get into college. You know, whatever it is. Stop making excuses. And I think so many guys these days run towards the excuses train rather than yeah. let me figure out why I didn't get you know get that grade or get that job and then let me go and figure out how to get it. Yeah. Again, we, we, we live in this kind of pandering society and I think it's because feminism has kind of shouted men down to the point where we don't yeah. think we can achieve. And so it's like, well, if, if women want us to just kind of stay in the corner and kind of be this mousy, you know, uh, really kind of wimpy, weak guy, I guess that's what I'll be because that's what's going to make them happy. And Yep. That's where guys like Andrew Tate come in and say, and that's why he's appealing to so many people is because he's saying, no, quit being that person, quit making excuses, and go chase after what you want and go get what you want. You can understand why that's appealing no for kidding. a lot of guys who have been shouted down for generations. No kidding. I, I mean, that's a very appealing message to the world. When you remove God from it, like, and, and when you remove God from these people's lives, what do they have? So when he says, stop making excuses and get out there and bring, like, go get what you want. Yeah, I mean, while we're watching it, we're kind of almost pumped up, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, like there man. is this energy that comes about from that because he is right. Far too many people make excuses. Far too many people are, and they don't ask themselves. And I riffed on this before. I've talked about it, and it's a big soapbox of mine. No one asks themselves why. Yeah. Why is this not working out? Why didn't this work? Why is this going this specific way? Why didn't I get that promotion? Why? Instead, they just make excuses as to, well, they passed over because X, Y, Z. Well, they just didn't like me here. Well, it's discrimination. Well, it's just. Instead of why and really digging to, to the to the bottom of it and realizing I'm lacking. Yeah. I need to do something a little bit more. Stop making excuses. Honestly look in the mirror and question yourself and ask why. It, it's a great point. Number two. So he talks about question, question everything. And he talks about how he doesn't believe in clinical depression. And I guess maybe this would be better if you, if you talked more about this uh, with you being a therapist. But he talks about, Tate does, how he doesn't believe in it because he doesn't believe in anything that can take power away from him. And his, I actually kind of like this analogy, and maybe you can find the holes in it here. But he talks about you get two people who are in a haunted house, and one of them believes in ghosts and the other one doesn't. You know, the guy who believes in ghosts is going to be freaked out out of his mind because he believes in ghosts. And the other guy's like, yeah, big deal, don't care. And so it's it's the figment of his imagination, the guy that believes in ghosts. If you don't believe in depression is his, is his point he's making, you're not going to be depressed. And so I thought that was interesting. I, I haven't thought enough about it to know whether or not I necessarily agree with it. But his point is don't just believe everything everybody tells you. Just because clinical depression is a thing doesn't mean that, it's, that you can be depressed. He doesn't believe in it. And so in, in his point of view, he'll never be depressed. I, I got to say, I don't know if I agree with that. I thought it was interesting. I don't know what yeah. your take was. I, I believe he's spot on with question everything. That's... What you and I do is we sit around and question, why is it this way? Yeah. What about that? And, and we do question everything. Um, as far as the clinical depression goes, maybe I'd get in trouble for this saying this as a therapist. Um, I happen to agree with him. Really? I think depression is, it's not necessarily a choice, quote unquote. I do think that there is depression that is caused by chemical imbalances that can sure. be fixed. 
most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time depression is caused from past issues or from present circumstances. If those are changed and if you change the way that you view those and you change your actions surrounding those and you get surrounded by mentors and by people that care, it's it's like fixable. Yeah. And so if something is fixable, then is it clinical? Is it something that you're just stuck with for life? No. So it's such an empowering thing to say, I'm not going to let that have power over me. And so even if he does end up depressed, his mindset of, you know what? The best thing to do is get up, get to work, yes, do your thing, go about your day, line, be an adult. Yeah. What does he say? He says the best thing to do is to still get up, be an adult, control your emotions, uh, be stoic, and do the things that you have to do day after day. Laying in bed and doing nothing is never going to be the best option. Amen. Like, Amen. Absolutely. Spot on. As a therapist, like I think depression's rooted in loneliness a lot of the time, but sure. for guys, a lot of the times it can be rooted in aimlessness and be rooted in not feeling needed. Not feeling necessary. Yeah. When we do hard things and when we feel necessary to those around us, that really helps fight against some of the depression. So when we're sitting in our room and going, man, nobody's going to miss me. If it, I don't want to live a life where no one's going to miss me. Yeah, I want to do things so as... And people always miss you. Let me just say that. Like, suicide's never the option. I mean, people will always miss you no matter what. But at the same time, I want to do things in my life where I feel very useful and I feel like I'm helping and I feel like I'm doing things that are striving kind of, for greatness. Striving yeah. for greatness, exactly. Like I'm moving the chains, as they say. And this starts with question everything. What can I better in my life? That's questioning. Well, it's interesting, real quick, and then we can move on sure. to this last one. But like, I think a lot of young people in the church have been told not to question, I guess, specifically the Bible and specifically God. And I don't think it's wrong to have questions. Specifically because I, I think the Bible stands up to every question you can throw exactly at it. it. And God yeah. stands up to every question you can throw at it. And so I do think young people can kind of get turned off from the whole, well, just you know, just believe it. It's what we've always done. You don't don't question it. Like young people are naturally going to question things. And Andrew Tate's point, of course, he's not talking about the Bible. He's talking about the matrix, as he calls it, right? Yeah. Like question everything they're telling you. And the last few years have kind of told us, like, yeah, that's probably pretty close yeah. to true um, with COVID and things like that. But like Listen, it's not wrong to ask questions. To, to bring it back, I guess, to the Bible and, and spiritual things, it's not necessarily wrong to ask questions as long as you're doing it for the right reason. If it's truly to figure out, I want to know why. I'm yep. curious about this versus, well, I just kind of want to ha- find an excuse to live however I want to. That's not great. Um, but yeah, question everything. I'd agree with that. Like, I think you have to ask questions because you have so many people that they don't really have a faith of their own. And so they get... 25, 30 years old. Yeah. Maybe they even have a family at that point, but because they didn't question things and they didn't ever really get the answers as to why, somebody comes along and starts questioning them and they go, man, my faith is founded on nothing. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, why didn't you just question things at 15, 16, 17 and find the right answers? And like find you said, the answers, exactly. The Bible will always hold up. So his idea of question everything, um, including things like depression. I mean, the, uh, let's be real here. The COVID vaccine. Like, COVID, yeah. like things like that where Question instead of it. just kind of blindly accepting everything that specifically the government tells you, and our video is probably going to get censored here, but it's like instead of just blindly accepting everything, like, you know, question it. Yeah. Not just for the sake of being a contrarian, but actually just because you're your own guy and you are you want to find the answers. Yeah. It doesn't mean you always go against it. And that can kind of be, as you said, like the, the trope of, well, I'm the guy that goes against the narrative. I zig when everybody else zags. Exactly. Like, Don't on. be that guy. But... Be the guy who questions things, and sometimes you'll go along with the narrative. If it's a government, most of the time I'm going against the narrative. Um, but with the authorities in life, I mean, you want to question things and just say, hey, why is this the case? And you'll notice this as you get older with your parents. You're more likely to question them as a teenager. Go, why do they do this and why do they do that? That's all part of the natural progression. Don't lose that asking why because I think that's, a again, a part of the progression of us turning into men is to question everything. And at some point, we turn that off. And specifically college, I'm not a big fan of college because college tells you just take it as it is. I'm the professor. I'm smarter than you. 
Question everything. The people that go far in life, the reason Andrew Tate went far is because he did question the status quo and said, what if we did this and this and this and this? And it worked for him. Like, it doesn't always work for everybody, but questioning always is good, I think, especially if you're willing to dig till you find the right answer. How do you know when you find the right answer? Usually, specifically when it's grounded in Scripture, it's the answer that is grounded in God, bringing you closer to God. But this brings us to our number one. Andrew Tate's number one. Andrew Tate's, yes. Our number one on the list, Andrew Tate's number one rule of life that this YouTuber put together. Uh, And that is honor your ancestors. Uh, And I think this is a pretty interesting one. It was super interesting to me because I was watching the video. And, I mean, you've heard these. Like, 2 through 10 are about about yourself. Like, and that's one of the problems that we'll get into. It's it's very selfish and it's very, like, you know, self-centered. Except for number so so leading into number one, I was like, man, what's his number one gonna be like? The, he's kind of been building a crescendo, yeah. and then number one, he gets to honor your ancestors, and it's like, huh, that's kind of strange. But I one hundred percent agree with with everything he talked about here. Um, his point is honor your ancestors through achievement. Like yeah. the the success that you have is going to honor. Basically, you owe your ancestors because of the sacrifices that they went through to keep your bloodline going. You owe them to do your best in everything. I think he actually said that, and it's like, that's exactly right. Yeah. And a lot of young guys don't have that mentality. It, it right. is very self-centered. It's very like they don't even know who their great-grandparents are type of thing. Yeah. Like They don't think in the terms of there were a 100 to 1,000 generations that were leading to me for me to what? Do nothing? For me to just kind of be a loser? Like That's such a bad mentality to have. Um, and so, yeah, his number one is honor your ancestors through the things that you achieve. I think this is Deuteronomy 6 in the Shema. Think generationally. Yeah. Think about the generations. You're, there's four generations mentioned in Deuteronomy 6 of like their fathers, your fathers, you and your children. And I think grandchildren, maybe five. Um, lots of generations. And, yep. and the idea of what you do today does matter. And it reverberates into the future with your kids. But also to the back of like, and, and one of the points he makes, nobody, his dad was a famous chess player, um, a very good chess player. But I would have never heard of his dad if Andrew Tate didn't Truly, exist. and that's yeah. his point, is the reason my dad gets talked about is because I achieved greatly. Like, that's, you're honoring your ancestors, and you're being, they're being remembered based off of what you're doing today. And I do think there's some legitimacy to that. So it's the idea of getting outside of yourself. This is why having kids is so important, is you're passing down everything through the generations. And I, I was reading something, there's a meme, I think, that goes around, like, be the greatest man in your bloodline, or be the greatest man your bloodline has ever seen. Yeah. What a fantastic Why goal. not strive for Why that? Why not strive for that? Once again, strive for greatness. I think that's such a key thing of like, your bloodline does matter. The Wilkie name matters, and I want to pass that on. I'm glad that I've got boys. you got Harabs, right? And and it's going to pass down. Like, that is so cool to think about. You're furthering your family's bloodline. That makes it worth it to right. me. And this was the one, why I thought this was fascinating. It gets number one. Like you said, everything else is me, 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 pretty much. Of I'm going to achieve and I'm going to make, I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm going to do yeah. this and get the Bugatti and get the girl, whatever it may be. But when you come down to this one, it really comes down to like, what is all of this about? And it is about other people in your life ultimately. So I'm sh- surprised that he did bring this in because he's pretty arrogant I think, and pretty uh, individualistic. Well, I think a lot of people would do well to to listen to this one like the people don't think this way again right. you got a lot of people specifically we've talked before in other podcasts about people don't want to have kids it's like so you've got generations before you that he makes the point like went through all these you know issues to play and worked really hard yeah. and we're out in fields also your blood also your bloodline could just end because you didn't want to have kids like that's a pretty pretty arrogant position for right. you to take and yet that's what a lot of young people are taking these days and so i thought i did think that was an interesting one to end on but we are at 35 minutes here so let's talk about as we kind of wrap this, 
the major flaw behind all 10 of these rules for Andrew Tate and really his whole shtick, I guess you might say, because as you've heard, and again, for all those who are like, why are they even talking about Andrew Tate? Look, he's a big central character in masculinity. Guys are watching him anyway, so we might as well talk about from a biblical perspective what he gets right and what he gets wrong. And I think that's what we should do with everything you know, in the world today and everything on social media. Um, as you've seen, he does get a lot right kind of on the surface about working really hard, about being okay with being uncomfortable, about finding a mentor, Asking honor your ancestors, yeah. quit making excuses, ask questions. Like those are, those are good concepts. Like there's nothing wrong with those. And, and I think we got more yet. We got the amount of young men who are not doing those things Correct. is way more very than very needed young, in today's right. Culture. It's very needed. But Joe, what's the problem? What, what's the overall flaw with Andrew Tate? I mean, I don't know how you want to say it. It misses the point entirely of of life. Like, there's no God. There's no God portion to this. It is, great, I grew this wealth and I'm I'm now respected. He's doing it all for himself. Exactly. I'm I'm now respected. I've got honor. I've got, wow, they shut down entire hotels when I come in with my entourage. Great. And then what? Yeah. And then what? Like, okay, now it's a matter of you keep wealth. Okay, and then what? And then, well, you grow old, and I guess you stop kickboxing, and you stop being able to do the lifting the same weights, and you maybe you're making more money. Okay, and then what? I mean, and then what? It comes down to he's missing the point of Ecclesiastes because this is what Solomon did. I did that, and it didn't work. And then what? And I did it to something else, and then that was vanity too. And then what? And the and then what ends with fear God and keep his commandments. He's completely missing that point in all of this is there's something bigger and better than you out there. This is why God asks us to be leaders of our home to extend our bloodline and our yep. family, right? And to and to be strong men of the church and to not just chase after wealth. Wealth can be taken away. Status can be taken away. Um, the, the Bugattis and everything else and the nice watches, all of that can be taken away and ultimately you're storing up treasures on earth where yep. moth and rust destroy. He is not thinking about it. And I know with Islam, he's starting to come around or whatever he thinks, but he's not really thinking about God and about where his position is in life and the fact that you're so stinking insignificant like he thinks he's one of the best and smartest and brightest and and richest men on earth nobody's going to care about you in 10 years to be honest with you because you're not leaving any legacy that is absolutely lasting in the in the eyes of god and to me that's what makes the difference here that's very well said i think i was my only closing comments would be as i was watching the video and watching him talk about how he works 18 hours a day and how he 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 just works harder than everybody else and he's always on his phone he's always growing his business and he's always walking in as the richest person in the room you know it was motivating it's like man that's great but like you said what about when he's 80 what about when he's 85 what about when he's 90 you know he, he says he wants to conquer the earth that's the only thing he wants to do his life is going to be over in 60 years or maybe even yeah. less. And so it's like, at the end of the day, what does that achieve? And the answer is it's personal personal success, personal achievement, and that is it. And so I guess our takeaway from this is that a lot of these principles, sure, implement them, but understand Colossians 3. Whatever you do in word or deed, don't do it for your own glory. Yeah. Don't do it just so, you again, you can walk in the room and, and look down on everybody else and, and wear your expensive watches just, just to show off. Do it to God's glory. Yeah. Do it because, and, and we're going to have an episode again uh, here in a few weeks on wealth and things like that. But like, do it for the glory of God. Do it because you know that there's a life after this one. And, yeah. and that's something we've talked about before about keeping the perspective that this life isn't all there is. Andrew Tate seems to operate under the uh, premise of, I got to conquer as much as I can in this life. Yeah. And you got to figure, I know he, he's, he's Muslim or whatever, but it's like, what does he have to look forward to? in 60 years, in 50 years, right. after his conquering is over and after he's no longer, you know, super fit and whatever, 
he completely misses it, even if a lot of these are kind of spot on. Yeah. He misses it, like you said, because he it's for himself. It's not for any greater purpose. So you may be listening, and, and you may have listened to a lot of his stuff, and you may embrace a lot of his stuff. You may think, we do too. We embrace a lot of these things as, once again on the surface, really good ideas. But please be careful when you're listening very to careful. this man. Yep. First off, he is not in any way somebody you want to emulate morally speaking. Right. He's done a lot of dubious things, and he's he's very problematic in a lot of ways. But second off, he just misses the point, and you're you almost feel sad for him. It's like you're chasing after so much, just poof, gone. Yep, it's your it's, life is a vapor. Your life it's is James a vapor, Ford, right? That's exactly yeah. it. Moth and rust are going to destroy every last thing that you own. Uh, that Bugatti is not going to look great in a hundred years, but I'll tell you what will is you and I sitting in heaven talking about this stuff. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. So. Make sure that you're keeping it all in context. Make sure that, yes, take what it's worth, spit out the bones. There's a lot of bones in this to spit out. Overall, I think he's big for a reason. We need to be hearing a lot of these things, but never forget that God is greater, and that's what we're doing. We're working unto the Lord, and everything has to be to the glory of God. And just remember, if you want good advice on being masculine, go to the Godly Young Men podcast. <laughs> you don't right. need Andrew Tate. We're You've here. got us, we're right? We're here, yeah. <laughs> we're going to do our 10 rules of... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in our yeah, Bugattis that we don't own. <laughs> yeah, that's be. right. That's right. Well, actually, we may be working on a book about uh, there rules, you go. rules for men. That's so. right. That's right. Stay we tuned might, for may that. May or may not. We'll see. Stay tuned but, for that. Um, but no, this has been episode 30. What did I say? 32. We're on 32. 32 so wow. we are just cruising. 35. Isn't it 35? No, 32. I'm pretty sure. Wow. There's no 32. way we're 35. Yeah. Oh. So we just hit okay, 32. Jumping we, are, we are cruising right along. Again, thank you for watching. Leave your comments. Leave your thoughts on some of these. Again, we don't subscribe to all of them, but a lot of them we think have, have value. But yeah, keep the perspective that Joe just talked about with, listen, strive for greatness for God's glory, not for your own. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap right there. Again, leave any comments you might have, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Godly Young Men podcast. Thanks for watching.